Well, Jello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. If it's 2018, then I owe you folks an apology. Last week, I played the wrong episode of the Phil Harris show. I played this week's episode. So I was trying to think, should I just flip-flop the episode? And I thought, nah, if I play these again years from now, it'd be nice to have them in the right order. So tonight you're going to hear the middle show we have in our triple stack is going to be the Phil Harris show, but it's going to be the racehorse episode again, which is a great episode, one of the all-time classic episodes. Don't get me wrong there. But if you heard it last week, you'll hear it again this week. Uh, at some point, I'll try and bring you the uh, now uh, missing episode, I suppose, of the Phil Harris Show, for my listeners anyway, because uh, I'm not posting it this week, didn't post it last week, maybe I'll fix last week's, I don't know, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm doing later. Anyway, for today, a couple great things, first off, really great episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1948 season. Uh, Jack's girlfriend Gladys comes to visit, but the bigger thing is that Jack and and Phil uh, work to analyze the lyrics of Phil's song, uh, That's What I Like About the South. Now, it's such a good bit that they use it over and over again. It's one of the things I don't love about the Jack Benny television specials and the TV show itself is it's fine to revisit these things and and capture them. But if you're getting a unique appearance from somebody that you don't get very many times, I'd like to hear something new. But anyway, uh, Phil Harris only appeared once on the Jack Benny television show in 1957. And on that one appearance, he does this bit with Jack about the song about the South song uh, about, um, that's what I like about the South. Uh, analyzing it with Jack. Uh, then he comes on, does one of Jack's specials in, I think, 1970 or 71. And when he does that special, they do the same bit yet again. So um, if I still have a standalone bit of that, I'm not sure if I do, uh, I'll go ahead and post it um, so that you can see what that bit looks like visually. I don't have the 57 performance, but I do have the color 19, I think it's 71, 1971 performance of that bit. But here you get to hear the bit, which is kind of nice. And for them to do use it that many times, it has to be pretty good, right? Uh, anyway, after that, we'll have the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show, and the, which is the episode you heard last week, if this is 2018. If it's not, not a problem, it's a fantastic episode. Uh, where uh, they buy a racehorse, and the description of the racehorse is just amazing. One of the all-time classics. Uh, After that, we have a really special presentation for you, in that it's an episode I presented before, but now we have a huge upgrade in sound quality. It had all kinds of sound issues before. I don't know what happened there. I didn't upgrade it the last time we played it, so, I mean, I, I really am doing a big jump here. So you're going to like the, um, the sound quality of the 1938 episode, which is Don's 15th anniversary on radio. 
again one of these things that they revisit a lot in both the radio show and the television show with the thought of Don's anniversaries in radio anyway. They keep on getting bigger. Don's 20th anniversary, Don's 25th anniversary, all that kind of thing. But they're all follow the same basic format that this episode does. Uh, also, that one, like I say, has a huge sound upgrade, but it left my original um, intro on it because some folks like to hear my old intros, and this, I think, was one of my pretty old ones. This one, uh, you can tell by the sound quality, but it's not very good. Uh, of the intro. The episode sounds much better. Uh, but anyway, uh, and, and and just the feel of it and everything, the way I'm talking, I think uh, it's an intro from like 10 years ago. So uh, anyway, I thought I'd leave that there for you. Without further ado, let's get into tonight's great episodes. I hope you enjoy all three of them, and we'll see you here next week. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike and Lucky Strike alone offers you important evidence gathered in the tobacco country by the world-famous Crosley Pole. This evidence clearly reveals the smoking preference of the people who really know tobacco. Auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. Here's what the Crosley Poll found. Independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. These experts know their business. Their overwhelming preference for Lucky Strike, we believe, has a direct relationship to the quality of tobacco we purchase for Luckies and to the smoking enjoyment you may expect from fine tobacco. And when these veteran tobacco experts name Lucky Strike first choice for their own personal smoking enjoyment, then you know. L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke the smoke tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike. Independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, last night Jack Benny invited his girlfriend, Gladys Zabisco, to attend our Sunday morning rehearsal. So let's go back and pick them up on their way to the studio. Gosh, Gladys, it sure is a long bus trip from your house, isn't it? It sure is, Speedy. <laughs> you know, the bus has been so crowded, I'm sorry you had to stand all the way. Oh, that's all right. Look how long you had to stand before you found a seat. <laughs> yeah. It was smart of you telling that old lady it was Crenshaw Boulevard when it was only Vermont. <laughs> Oh, well, the walk will do her good. You know, Gladys, you're the first one I've ever invited to my rehearsal. I want you to see how a big star operates. You, you know? mean Phil Harris will be there? Gladys, when I said a star, I meant that... Oh, Speedy, I was only kidding. Stop pouting. Well, I'm the star of the show, not Phil Harris. You hurt my feelings. Oh, I know how it is, Speedy. Everyone likes to think they're the tops in their profession. Certainly. How would you feel if I said that any plumber can solder a steam pipe as fast as you can? <laughs> 
know, everybody's proud of, of, of the things hey, they do by them. Sunset and vine. Here's where we get off. Cross the steps, then. Say, Gladys, I'm early for rehearsal. Let's go into the drugstore and get a sandwich. Okay. Huh? Here are two bacon stools right here, Gladys. Yeah, I'm hungry. What's on the menu? Flies. <laughs> oh, Speedy, even when you're sitting down, you're on your toes. Yeah. Well, let's see what's on the menu. Corned beef sandwich, 55 cents. Roast beef sandwich, 60 cents. Ham and cheese, 70 cents. Sardine sandwich, 15 cents. Steak sandwich, a dollar and a quarter. Hey, that sounds good. What are you going to have? A sardine sandwich. <laughs> Again? Yeah. Oh, Clark! Hey, just a minute. We're busy. Are you ready, Joe? Ready. Rubber gloves. Rubber gloves. Scalpel. Scalpel. <laughs> Tweezers. Tweezers. Hey, what are you guys doing back there? Hey, we're picking the garlic out of a salami. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do that later. Okay, what do you have? We'll have two sardine sandwiches. Two sardine sandwiches. Would you like the domestic or the imported? Imported? Yeah, those sardines come from Sweden, Norway, and Holland. Now, where did the uh, domestic come from? Anaheim, Mazusa, and Cucamonga. <laughs> oh, well, then we'll have the domestic sardines. Well, it'll take a little while. We have to cook those over a smudge pot. <laughs> Never mind the jokes. I'm in a hurry. Well, look, if you don't like the service here, go someplace else. Look, don't tell me to go someplace else. I came in here to get a sandwich, and you got to give it to me. Can't push me around, you know. I know my rights. You tell him, Speedy. You've been on the freedom train. <laughs> you said it. Now, go get our order. Okay, okay. While you're making the sardine sandwiches, I'll have a bowl of soup. What have you got? Navy bean and soup de jour. <laughs> What's the soup de jour? Navy bean. No, well, I'll have soup de jour. I'll have navy beans. Okay. <laughs> Float the fleet in Halsey's eyewash! <laughs> navy beans! Hey, he's new here. Oh. Well, hurry up, will you, and get our, get our sandwiches. Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, Dennis. I thought I'd have a bite to eat before rehearsal. Oh, good, good, kid. Here's the menu. What are you going to have? I think I'll have a roast beef sandwich and a corned beef sandwich. A roast beef sandwich and a corned beef sandwich? I've got two shows. Imagine ordering two sandwiches just because you've got two shows. By the way, Dennis, this is Gladys Zabisco. Hello. Haven't we met before? Your legs look familiar. Dennis, if you've met before, how come all you remember is her legs? Well, that's all I could see. She was fixing a pipe under our kitchen sink. Oh, yes, yes. In fact, I recommended her, I remember. Here you two bowls of soup. Thanks. Gee, this looks good. Hey, Speedy, look what's in my soup, a button. Well, how do you like that? Hey, waiter. Yeah? There's a button in this soup. Well, what do you want for 15 cents, a zipper? <laughs> no, I don't want a zipper, and I demand to know why there's a button in this soup. Oh, Speedy, don't argue with him. I just won't pay for my soup. No, no, Gladys, this is on me. I won't pay for it. <laughs> Now, look, look, waiter. Here's a roast beef sandwich and a corned beef sandwich. Who ordered it? I did. And yeah, what do you have to drink? Coffee, tea, and milk. Coffee, tea, and milk? I did a guest shot last week. 
<laughs> no. Well, come on, kids. We got to hurry, so let's eat. Can't even eat nowadays without people applauding. Pretty good sandwich. Uh, come on, we better get over to the studio. Come on, Gladys. Right behind you, sweetie. Now watch your step, folks. There's water all over the floor. Oh, yes, yes. I'm the manager. I hope you'll excuse it. One of the pipes behind the soda fountain sprung a leak. Oh, that's too bad. Come on, Gladys. I have no idea what caused it. Well, uh, mister, maybe the water's backing up because you're not getting enough air through the vent. No, I checked the vent. Gladys, come on. <laughs> on the other hand, maybe the washer in the union behind the waste trap is shot. Gladys, let's go. Well, well, I was... Uh... Uh, of course, you can't always put your finger on it, but my guess is that your inside line is corroded or the valves in the hot water intake will have to be reseated. Gladys, let's go, will you? Speedy, this is business. But this is Sunday. That's time and a half. <laughs> I know, but look oh, at... Look, the... mister, if you want, I'll be glad to check all the connections. Or even run a snake through the line and see that if there's any obstructions between the elbow joint and the flush out. Hmm. Well, I would appreciate if you'd fix our plumbing. That is, if your friend won't mind. Oh, I thought you knew my friend. His name Herman is... Fishback. <laughs> now, come on, Gladys, let's go. Well, it'll only take a minute. Hand me my bag. You can't fix it now. Anyway, there's nothing in there but a lipstick. On the other end is a pipe wrench. Oh. <laughs> well, Gladys, when you finish the job, I'll be over at the studio. Come on, Dennis, let's go. Say, Mr. Benny. Huh? Are you in love with Gladys Abisco? No, no, Dennis. I wouldn't call it love. We're, we're just friends, that's all. Gee, a plumber's friend. <laughs> yeah. When did you first meet her? Oh, it was just one of those unexpected things. One day I was walking down the street, fell in an open manhole, and there she was. <laughs> You know, fate. Well, love is where you find it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Oh, hold it, kid. We better stand here on the curb for the light changes. Say, Emily, isn't that Jack Benny over there? Where, Martha? Standing on the corner. Why, yes, so it is. My, he always looks so handsome. Those sparkling blue eyes, that manly physique, that Grecian profile, that regal poise. And when he smiles... Something happens to my sacroiliac. <laughs> That's strange, Martha. I thought South America took it away. <laughs> oh, Emily, stop joking. The trouble with you is you've never been in love. Oh, no. What about Cleveland? Cleveland? What happened there? Not Ohio. Grover. <laughs> Oh, yes. 
But, Emily, I always keep dreaming that someday I'll be taking an ocean voyage on the same boat with Mr. Benny, and we'll get shipwrecked, and we'll wind up alone on a desert island. Just me, Jack, and Errol Flynn. Martha, if you're shipwrecked with Jack Benny, what do you want with Errol Flynn? What's the matter? You're crazy or something? <laughs> Come on, Dennis. We can cross the street now. Oh, gee, I left my music in the drugstore. I better go back and get it. All right, kid, but hurry. Don't be late for rehearsal. Oh, I won't. There's just one place for me near you. It's like heaven to be near you. Times when we're apart, I can't face my heart. Hey, bud. Say you'll never stray more than just two lips away. Hey, bud. But, huh? This is my side of the street. <laughs> what? Unless you want to team up. No, no. no. <laughs> well, maybe I should have taken him up. Then I'd have two shows. <laughs> nah, I'd have to play the violin and everything. Oh, well. Da-da-dum, be-ba-boom, be-boom, e-da-dum. Whoops. Hmm. It was only a bottle cap. <laughs> well, here's the studio. Good morning, Mr. Benny. Hello, Clancy. Any fan mail for me? Nope. Thank you. He's a nice fella. Well, I better go in and start rehearsing. Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling okay, hammy. And that's what I like okay, about stopping a minute, Jackson. There, you can't make no mistakey. Where those nerves are never shaky. Ought to taste that layer cakey. That's Phil, what I Phil, like about stopping. Hold it, South hold it. Phil, hold it. We've got to start rehearsing. Start rehearsing? That's what I've been doing. <laughs> Rehearsing, that's what I like about the South? For what? Yeah, I'm going to sing it today on your program. Oh, you are, eh? Yeah. Phil, I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Not here. I don't want to embarrass you in front of your boys. Come on, step out in the hall. All right. Hey, I'll be back in a minute, fellas. Okay, Jackson, what is it? Not here. Let's go into my dressing room. <laughs> All right, Jackson, all right. What's on your mind? Sit down, Phil. Now, Phil, I've heard you sing That's What I Like About the South 50 times a year for the last 12 years. And I defy you to show me where those lyrics make one bit of sense. Jackson, you've cut me deeply. <laughs> I have, eh? Well, do me a favor, will you? I want you to sing. That's what I like about the South right here and now. Sing it slowly, and I'll show you how ridiculous those lyrics are. Okay. Now, go ahead. I just want to show you. Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy, and that's what all I like right, about... Phil, the... All right, all right. Now, look. That I can understand. You have a mammy. She 
She lives down in Alabama, and she's frying ham and eggs. Now, that's fine. That's fine. That makes sense. Now, continue. I just want to show you. Continue. There you can make no mistakey where those nerves are never shaky. You ought to taste that layer cakey, and that's what all I right, like. All right, now hold it, hold it. Now that, I can understand a tiny bit. Somehow, your mother added a pinch of baking powder to the ham and eggs, and it turned out to be a layer cake. <laughs> layer cakey. All right, cakey, cakey. Now go on. Now go on. I want to hear the rest. Go on. Down where they have those pretty queens, they keep on dreaming those dreamy dreams. Let's sip that absinthe in New Orleans, cause that's hold it, what I... Hold it, hold it. Now wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold it a minute. What's the matter? Look, at 10 seconds ago, you were eating ham and eggs in Alabama. Now you're sipping absinthe in New Orleans. Certainly. Well, Phil, answer me this. If you're in Alabama, how can you sip absinthe in New Orleans? Long straw. <laughs> well, all right, Phil. I'll even go along with that. Now, continue. I'll Here wait. come old Roy with all the news. The box back coat and the button shoes, but he's all caught up with his union dues, and that's what I like about the South. Go on, Here go on. come old Bob down the street. Who oh, can't happen you to Roy? those scuffling feet? He would rather sleep than eat, and that's what I like about the South. Did I tell you about the place called Dua Diddy? It ain't no town, and it ain't Hold no it, city. hold it, Phil. Hold it, hold it. Hold it. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> Huh? Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Just a minute. Oh, what's the matter? Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Phil. <laughs> Phil, I have the latest Rand McNally map of the United States. Here. Here, look at it. Show me one place on it called Dua Diddy. I can see Walla Walla, Ypsilanti, Ashtabula, Tucumcari, Nacogdoches, and even Waxahachie. But where in the name of Stephen Foster is Duwadid? I told or Petrillo. Where I... in the name of Petrillo? Where is Duwadid? Jackson, I just told you. You told me what? It ain't no town, it ain't no city. It's awful small, but awful pretty. Uh, Duwadid. Now, don't describe it. Don't describe it. I mean, just tell me, is it a real place? Certainly, Jackson. It ain't just a fig leaf of my imagination. <laughs> That's fig leaf. But, Phil, just answer me one thing. Look, just answer me one thing, Phil. Look, if Duwadiddy ain't no town and it ain't no city, what is it? Is it a village? Is it a hamlet? Is it a gas station? Is it a sack of Vigoro? <laughs> Is it Clyde? Is it sulfathiazole? What is it? What is Duwadiddy? That's all I ask. Jackson, will you now, wait? Now, wait. What is Don't Duwadiddy? get yourself worked up. You'll fall over. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're going to pick everything to pieces? You got nothing. What? Well, you can do that with any song. What do you mean? Well, take Frank Sinatra. Last night on the hit parade right here at NBC. Yeah. NBC, yeah, which yeah. is on Sunset and Vine, yeah. right in the middle of Hollywood. What does he sing? River, stay away from my door. So what? River, stay away from my door. It ain't rained here for four months. <laughs> what about yesterday? That wasn't enough to chase a jigger of bourbon. Phil, that's a silly argument you're giving me. And anyway, what I said still goes. You're not going to sing That's What I Like About the South 
anymore <laughs> on my <laughs> anymore on my program. Now let's get back to rehearsal. Okay, okay. Now where's Don Wilson? Oh, he's in dressing room D rehearsing the quartet. Oh. Well, I better go over and see how they're doing. What a song. Did you hear about the place called Doo-Wah Diddy? And here comes old Roy with a box back coat and button shoes. The shoes I can understand, but I haven't worn a box back coat in two years. <laughs> Doo-Wah Diddy. Oh, here it is. I'll just peek in and see what the quartet's rehearsing. Oh, Don. Stay out of here. Can't you see I... Oh, hello, Jack. <laughs> Look, Don, I just came in to I see... I didn't know it was you. Oh, that's all right, Don. Uh, stop licking my hand. I like sardines. <laughs> Oh, yeah, darn those paper napkins. Uh, Don, were you and the boys rehearsing? Yeah, we're doing Sonny Boy today. Would you like to hear it? Sonny Boy? Oh, yes, yes, Al Jolson's song. Uh, go ahead. Are you ready, boys? Mm. Take it. Climb up on my knee, Speedy Riggs. L-S-M-F-T, Speedy Riggs. You've no way of knowing, there's no way of showing what you mean to me, Speedy Riggs. When there are gray skies, I don't mind the gray skies. You make them blue, Effie Boone. Effie Boone? You're auctioneering. Yeah. Makes you so endearing. Yeah. All you say is true, Effie Boone. You're from Kentucky, and I know your worth. You sell those luckies, the best right here on earth. They're <laughs> When I'm old and gray, I'll smoke night and day, dear. Yeah. I love you so, Speedy Poon. Yes, Speedy Riggs and Effie Boone. I remember them many years ago. A pair of barefoot boys playing joyfully in the tobacco fields. And as the sun would set over the magnolia trees, they would come trudging home with their chubby little arms filled with those big tobacco leaves. And who would meet them at the door? Dazzle Risedale. And then on the day off, they would go to the old swimming hole, take off their clothes, and lie in the sun. And when Speedy Riggs turned to Effie Boone and said, Look at my back, is it burned? Effie Boone said, That was very good. I'm glad the boys didn't go crazy. Well, thanks, Jack. Well, I'll see you later. <laughs> well, I guess I better get in Jack, there. Jack, Jackie. Oh, hello, Gladys. 
How'd you get in without a pass? They thought I was going to fix the pipes. Oh. Well, did you finish your job at the drugstore? Yeah. Well, we're rehearsing in Studio C, so... Wait a minute, Gladys. What's that on your finger? The hot water faucet. I can't get it off. Gee, I was scared. I thought we were engaged. <laughs> oh, well, I'll help you with it later. Now, wait for me in Studio C. I got to go to my dressing room. Yeah, da dee da dum da dee da dum da dum da dee da da dum Hello, boss! Oh, oh, hello, Rochester. What are you doing here? I brought your glasses down. You left them at home, and I knew you'd need them for your show. Oh, thanks, thanks, Rochester. Hand them to me. I'll put them on. There. Funny how I could forget my glasses. You know, I can hardly see a thing, but... Say, I wonder if that was a bottle cap. <laughs> Say, boss? Nothing, nothing. Oh, by the way, Rochester, I won't be home for dinner tonight. I'm going to the K. Kaiser Banquet. You know, it's his 10th anniversary on NBC. Rochester, remember when NBC gave me a 10th anniversary dinner? Yeah, I remember that night. Yeah. They served roast breast of sardines. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I got the habit. You know? <laughs> but you know, K. Kaiser is a nice fellow. He deserves the testimonial. Say, Rochester, what do you think I ought to wear tonight? My blue serge suit or my tuxedo? You can't wear your tuxedo, boss. Somebody answered the ad you put in the paper, and I ran it out this morning. My, my tuxedo? Who'd you rent it to? Hey, Kaiser. Oh, oh. I hope he's careful with it. Well, boss, I might as well get, be getting back home now. Okay. So long, Rochester. So long, boss. Now, let's see. Where are the scripts? Oh, here they are. I think they're all oh, right. Oh, say, Mr. Benny. Yes, yes, Rochester. I uh, meant to ask you, as long as you're not coming home for dinner, do you mind if I take the night off? No, no, I guess it'd be all right, Rochester. Why? Well, my aunt is visiting me, and I'd like to show her the town. Oh, your, uh, your aunt, eh? Yeah, she's never been to Los Angeles before. She's from way down south. Really? What part of the south? Mississippi. Mississippi, eh? What town? A little place called Dewey Diddy. <laughs> Where, where, where did you say she's from, Rochester? A little place called for me? Do what, did he? Rochester, close the door. <laughs> hmm. What's the matter, boss? Rochester, are you sure your aunt lives in Do what, did he? Yeah, see this package I've got under my arm? Uh-huh. It's from my Uncle Roy. <laughs> Your Uncle Roy? Uh, what What did he send you? A box back coat and button shoes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Rochester. Your Uncle Roy, who lives in Dua, did he send you a box back coat? And a pair of button shoes? Yeah. What's the matter, boss? You look kind of pale. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll lie down. You, and Rochester, you can have tonight off if you want to. Okay, boss, thanks. Oh, Ro Rochester, Rochester. Yes, sir. When you pass Studio C, tell Phil Harris it's all right for him to sing That's What I Like About the South. Yes, sir. Hmm. 
can't get over. I just, I wonder if... I just... Hello? Public library? Miss, can you tell me, is there a little town in Mississippi called Do-Wah-Diddy? Hmm. What's the population? Hmm. No, 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 that's all. Thank you very much. Yeah, never been so embarrassed in all my life. I wouldn't blame Phil if he, if he never talked to me again. Well, I'm not going to take this lying down. Hello? Rand McNally? I'm suing you. <laughs> I guess that settles that. Imagine leaving off an important place like do what did it. Jack, we'll be back in just a minute, but first... American. Independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. That statement is backed up by an impartial Crosley poll just completed in 11 southern tobacco states. This poll, taken among tobacco experts, clearly reveals the smoking preference of the men who really know tobacco. The survey shows... Independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. These are the experts, the top men in their field, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. And we believe their overwhelming preference for Lucky Strike has a direct relationship to the quality tobacco we purchase for Lucky's. You've heard the poll results. Now listen to what Mr. Henry Snell, a tobacco warehouseman for over 32 years, recently said. Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, mild-ripe tobacco. I've smoked Lucky's 17 years. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember... L-S-M-F-T! L-S-M-F-T! Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Good night, folks. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. The Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. pretty girl is like a melody, especially when her hair is soft and shining, like that of Mrs. J.E. Hoffman of Orangeburg, South Carolina. Mrs. Hoffman writes of her experience with Fitch Cream Shampoo. My hair was dull and uninteresting until I tried Fitch Cream Shampoo. That was my lucky day. You should see the way Fitch brought out the highlights in my hair, leaving it smooth and soft. Then, too, I find Fitch more economical than any other cream shampoo. I'm telling all my friends about Fitch Cream Shampoo. 
Yes, Mrs. Hoffman, women everywhere are talking about Fitch. How it leaves hair caressably soft, shining as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. So try Fitch Cream Shampoo. You'll discover that glamorous new look of softer, shinier hair. Fitch Cream Shampoo is made with two special beauty aids, lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin is used to soften the hair. Olive oil is used to bring out sparkling highlights. Fitch is economical, too. Compare the size of the jar. Compare its low cost. At drug or toilet goods counters, buy Fitch Cream Shampoo for softer, shinier hair. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents The Fitch Bandwagon, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Robert North, Alan Reed, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Fay and Phil Harris. <laughs> Alice's brother, William, has always felt that Phil lacked an appreciation of the finer things in life. And now, as we look in on the Harris home, we find Alice and William talking to Phil about it. Phil, when are you going to grow up? Do you want to improve yourself? Wouldn't you like to acquire the polish and finesse of a sophisticate? What, and lose my boyish air of carefree abandon? <laughs> I'm as cute as a biscuit, the way I am. Philip, if you spent your time in intellectual pursuits instead of running around with that Frankie Remley person, you'd be much better off. I've discovered in my business association uh, that one must be suave and be able... Get lost, paper clip. <laughs> Go stuff yourself in a pigeonhole. Get some deduction someplace. Look, Alice, I ain't gonna hang around here and listen to this brother of yours. I gotta meet Frankie in town. Okay, Phil, I'll see you later. So long, Alice. Goodbye, William. <laughs> Can't get over it. William, William, William. That's all I hear around my house. Willie thinks you gotta be intellectual and suave to get ahead. Well, I'm intellectual, and when it comes to that other thing, I'm just as big a suave as anybody. <laughs> Give anything in the world if I could show Hiya, you, Willie. Curly. Boy, am I glad you finally got here. Hiya, Frankie. What's up? Curly, you've come along in an opportune moment. How would you like to come in on a big deal with me and make a million dollars? Get away, Kingfish. I was innocent rested in your proposition. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Curly. Remember that horse, Blue Blazes, that we saw him run at Santa Anita a few times? Well, I got a chance to buy him for $500. Five... Hey. Hmm? How come you can get them that cheap? I got connections. <laughs> I got a tip that the owner wants to sell this horse at a loss so he can write it off his income tax. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see. Hey, gee, Remley, for 500 bucks, we couldn't go wrong. Go wrong? I'm telling you, we'll make a fortune. We'll go partners. We'll chip in 50-50 and buy them. Well, that sounds fair enough. Have you got $250? Yeah. Good, I'll borrow that for my half. <laughs> Now, what you gotta do is dig up 250 for your half, and I'll make your partner. You mean you ain't got 250, huh? Yeah, I got it, Curly, but I'll need that for the expense of taking care of the horse. 
Why, it'll cost 250 a day just to feed them. <laughs> that much a day just for feed? Sure. That's a lot of money. I know, but this nag's got a big appetite. He eats like a horse. <laughs> Okay, Remley, I get it. You don't have the dough. All right, so I'll lend it to you. I'll put up the whole 500. Now, where do we go to contact the guy to buy the horse? Across the street at the plaza. And we better go over and do it right away because he has to leave town as soon as he sells. Well, come on. <laughs> Keep standing here. You let the guy get away. Let's go buy that horse. Okay. Oh, boy. Hey. Huh? Now that I'm going to own a horse, I'll be in the same class as the Whitneys, the Howards, and the Astors. Sure. Yeah. Gee whiz, I can't wait to get home and tell Alice and Willie about this. He thinks I don't know no business. Hey, Frankie, huh? we'll race our nag at every big track in the country. Sure. Yeah, this summer we'll take him east to Saratoga. I can just see myself walking into the piping rock and saying... <laughs> I know all y'all don't know who I am because I just got chair today. Yeah, me and my horse come from a little town uh, down Dixie Way. Everybody down there for miles around all calls me by my name. And now that I'm here at Saratoga, I'd like y'all to do the same. Because I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas. You ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a clean-cut fella from Horner's Corner. You ought to see me strut. I'm a caper-cutting cutie. Got a gal called Katie. She's a little heavy-laden, but I call her baby. I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas. And you ought to see me do my stuff. Yes, a ding-dong daddy from Dumas. Oh, you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a ping-pong popper from Pitchfork Prairie. You ought to see me strut. I'm a ding-dong daddy. Got a whiz-bang mama. She's a Bear Creek baby and a wampus kitty. A ding-dong daddy from Dumas. And you ought to see me do my stuff. I ding dong a daddy from the Dumas. Yes, you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a popcorn popper from Casanova. You ought to see me strut. I'm a mama loving man and I love my Mary. She's a big hearted blonde from Peanut Prairie. A ding dong daddy from Dumas. And you ought to see me do my stuff. Just a ding dong a daddy from the Dumas. Who you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a peach pie popper from Jackson's Holler. You ought to see me strut. I'm a honey dripping daddy. Got a hard hearted baby. She's a sheep shaking sheep and hallelujah. I'm a ding dong daddy from Dumas now. And you ought to see me strut. I'm leaving now, Alice. May I take the children over to Mother's? Well, I don't know, William. You see... Please, we... Mommy. We'd like to see Grandma. Well, I guess it's all hey, right. Hey, Alice. If... Hey, Alice. Oh, gee whiz, where are you, honey? Have I got great news for you? What is it, Phil? Oh, we got something to tell you, Alice. Yeah. Oh, hello, Frankie. Hi. Hey, honey, you're now... Oh, look, there's Willie. I'm glad you're still here. I want you to hear this, too, Buster. Hey, <laughs> hey honey. Uh, Frankie and me are now the owners of a racing stable. Just bought a racehorse. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, wait a minute, honey. It's a great horse. It's Blue Blazes out of Honey Girl by Blue Streak. Is it a good horse, Daddy? Oh, Phyllis, you children wouldn't know anything about it. I just wanted to ask him if he caught the nag at the early morning workouts. <laughs> Can he run the mile in 135? Is he a mutter or does he like a fast track? Children! <laughs> Where did you ever learn these expressions? From the newspaper. 
When we read Daddy the Funnies, he makes us read him the sports section, too. <laughs> now, girls, you'd better run along. Phil, why do you have to tell them those Now, wait things? a minute, honey. Don't make a big thing out of that. There's nothing wrong with horse racing. Some of the best families in the country own horses. Mm, what kind of a horse is it, Philip? What's it look like? Well, Willie, I didn't see him. You see, uh, the guy's got him in a stall at Santa Anita, and, well, uh, he didn't have time to take us out to... You bought a horse without seeing him? We didn't have to see him. The owner gave us this picture of the horse. Yeah, look. Ain't he a beautiful animal? Oh. All you can see is his head and tail. The rest of him is covered up with a blanket. Yeah, but look at the name on that blanket. Blue Blazers. <laughs> That's a great GG, kid. And to think we got him for $500. $500? Philip, I'm afraid you've been cheated. You can't buy a good racehorse for that kind of money. Oh, what do you know about horses? I'm very familiar with horses, mm-hmm. <laughs> I ride a great deal, and I dare say there isn't a thing I don't know about horses because of my years in the saddle. I've been riding since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, and I know horseflesh. Thank you, Hopalong Faye. <laughs> and hop along. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be a great horse. This horse is going to break records. Oh, poo. <laughs> I can take the most broken down animal from the stable I ride at and beat this hay burner you've been stuck with. Oh, you could, huh? Mm. Well, would you like to have a little match race and place a good-sized bet on it? Ordinarily, I'm not a betting man, but in this case, I shall be very happy to place a wager just to show you up. Okay. How much you want to bet? Uh, would 75 cents be too steep for you? <laughs> Tut, tut, tut. Take it easy now, Clyde. Don't plunge. <laughs> Watch your cabbage, Willie. You're going overboard. <laughs> it's all right with me. Get your money up. I'll take your money from you. Hey, Alice, you better turn around while he opens his shirt and takes out his money belt. When, uh, when do you wish to hold this race? Why don't you hold it right now? They're not racing at Santa Anita today. I know the steward. He'll let us use the track. Very well. I'll get a horse from the riding academy and meet you at Santa Anita in two hours. Goodbye, Philip. <laughs> so long, sucker. <laughs> riding again. Riding. Probably a tame horse. <laughs> riding again. Hey, Curly, we're going to take him, huh? <laughs> take him. It's going to be a cinch. <laughs> riding again. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you can't lose, especially with you riding our horse. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna ride the horse <laughs> I'm allergic to him When I was a kid, one of them kicked me Yeah? Where'd he kick you? In Milwaukee <laughs> I was living there at the time Why don't you ride him, Curly? Me? Well, I wouldn't mind riding I'd ride him, but Well, he's a spirited racehorse I, I don't want to get hurt Oh, why don't you get a regular jockey to ride in? Oh, we can't afford a regular jockey, Alice. They get a lot of dough. Well, all we can do, we'll just have to get a hold of some small schnook who hasn't enough sense to ask for money, that's yeah. all. Hey, I brought the groceries oh. and... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Remley, look who fate just brought to our door. <laughs> well, if it ain't Eddie or Carol or Bruzio. <laughs> Let's grab him, Curly, before he gets away. Yeah, Wait a minute, let go of me! Get your clammy meat hooks off of me! All right, wait a minute, Julius. Just wait a minute. Mr. Remley and me are going to do you a favor, kid. 
You see, uh, we just bought a horse and uh, we want you to ride him in a race. You mean you want me to be a jockey? One of those guys who boots home winners in big races to the cheers of the populace and gets a lot of dough for doing it? That's it, kid. How do you like the idea? It don't appeal to me. <laughs> I'm afraid of horses and I ain't gonna ride one for nobody. Oh, gee, Julius. Miss Faye here thought you'd do it for her. She's gonna watch the race, you know. She'll be awfully disappointed if you're not riding. You want me to, Miss Faye? Well... In I... that case, I'll do it. <laughs> With the woman I love to cheer me on, I shall ride like the wind and guide that steed to ultimate victory. And neither rain nor snow nor sleet nor hail shall stay this courier from the swift completion of my... All right, all right. <laughs> Ride our horse first. You can deliver the mail later. <laughs> hey, look, kid, we're leaving for the track right now. Can you go with us? Yeah, yours was the last order I had to deliver. Oh, good. Hey, Alice, would you like to see the race, too? Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'll go get my coat. Well, hurry up, we're leaving. I don't know. Most husbands come home with candy or flowers. Mine comes home with a racehorse. Oh, well, I don't know what I'd ever do without him. I'll get by as long as I have you. Though there be rain and darkness too, I'll not complain, I'll see it through. Though I may be far away, say what care I? I'll get by as long as I have Track, Phil. You know, I've never been here before. Well, where's this horse you two guys own? All right, take it easy. He's one of them box stalls over there. Now, look, Julius, you wait here with Alice and Frankie, and I'll go over and get him. Come on, Frank. <laughs> I can't wait to see Blue Blazers, Curly. You know, with proper training, you might turn out to be another man of war. Sure, what else? <laughs> we'll see how good he is as soon as Willie shows up for that race. Yeah. Let's see, Curly, he must be in one of these stalls here. There he is, the one with the blanket that says Blue Blazers. Yeah. That's our horse. That's ours. <laughs> yeah. Gee, look at him. The beautiful beast, ain't he? <laughs> yeah. He's got a lovely voice, too. 
sounds a little like Crosby. <laughs> a little bit. Hey, Curly, lead him out of the stall so we can get a better look at him. Yeah, all right. Hold it now. Take it easy, son. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Gee, I wish I had an apple. Hold it. Quiet now. Had a boy. Hold it now. Right hey, here. That's it. That's Curly, it. take the blanket off. I can't wait to get a good look at it. Not yet. Do you want him to catch cold? You can't do that to them high-class horses. Oh, that's true. Wait till we take him over to the track. Come on. Okay. Hey, you two. Where you going with that blanket? Belongs to my horse, Blue Blazers. That's just Blue Blazers. It is not. I just loaned the blanket to a guy to put on this snag while he took a picture of it. Hey, wait a minute. This horse ain't Blue Blazers? No. Well, we just bought this horse for $500. You paid 500 bucks for this? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh, brother, have you been taken? (laughs) All right, laughing boy. What's so funny? Wait till I take this blanket off here and show you. Look. Holy smoke, this is the most sway-back nag I've ever seen. Yeah. He's just got a front and an end. He ain't got no middle part. (laughs) Oh, brother, is he sway-back? His stomach's touching the ground. Oh, Frankie, why do you always pick on me to do this? You and your connections. Now, how am I going to face Alice with this horse? What am I going to say to her? Let's turn it upside down and tell her it's a camel. (laughs) You keep quiet. No time to be funny. Look, maybe if we leave the blanket on, we can keep her from seeing it before the race. Hey, mister. Hey, do me a favor, will you, mister? Can we borrow this blanket for a while? Sure, but bring it back when you're through, eh? Hey, thanks, yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess we got to show it to Alice. Come on, horse. Get going, horse. Come on. Oh, come on. (laughs) Hey, Curly, he don't want to move. He can't. His stomach's dragging. (laughs) Oh, Remley. Now, how are we going to get him over to Alice? If we had a pair of skates, we could put them under him and roll him over. (laughs) Yeah. We could also butter his stomach and slide him over. He's moving, Curly. <laughs> Should I clock him? Not now. <laughs> Will you come on? Let's get this over with. Hey, listen. Huh? Sounds like the walking man. <laughs> This is the last time I'm ever going to listen to you Don't you never come into me with another proposition As long as you live, you hear me? Now don't do it anymore You talk me into buying a broken down thing like this now Don't blame me How did I know the guy was a cheat? You were taking in as much as I was And furthermore, how do you know he can't run? Just because he's built funny don't mean anything <laughs> He might be a great runner Well, I certainly hope so for your sake Now I gotta go through this race or I'll never hear the end of it. Now don't say anything to Alice. Maybe with that blanket on him, maybe she won't notice. Okay. Oh. Uh, Hi, Alice. (laughs) Here's our horse. Ain't he beautiful? He has a lovely head and a nice braided tail. 
Take the blanket off so I can see the rest of him, huh? Uh, let's leave well enough alone. <laughs> I can't ride the horse with that blanket on. I'll take Wait it off. Wait a minute, Julius. Don't do that. Hey, I... hey. There, it's off. Holy Jumper Jehoshaphat. <laughs> this is a horse? <laughs> Certainly, kid. It's a nice horse. This is the horse you're gonna ride. How can I win a race with a thing like this? Every time he takes a step, his stomach bounces along the ground like a basketball. <laughs> I can't ride him. I'll have to dribble him around the track. <laughs> oh, Phil, how could you buy that animal? It's the most swayback thing I've ever seen. He ain't swaybacked. He ain't? You could sprinkle snow on his back and use him for a ski jump. <laughs> he may not look like much, but he'll beat William's horse. Come on, Julius, mount him. Are you kidding? <laughs> the only one that should mount this thing is a taxidermist. <laughs> Curly, you'll have to ride the horse. But, Frankie, I keep telling you oh. I can't ride Oh, here him. comes William. Now I'm going to have to ride him. Now, look, you two. You've got to defend our horse in front of Willie. Remember that, or I'll never live it down with him. Whoa, whoa, boy. Whoa, whoa, fellow. Uh, well, Philip, I'm ready for the race. Is the horse I'm going to ride. Hope you... Philip, what is that? <laughs> it's a horse. What did you think it was? Where it sags in the middle, I thought it was a cheap mattress. <laughs> oh, but, Philip, he, he's so swaybacked. He's tired. <laughs> Resting a minute. You'll be all right. And he's not swaybacked. Just happens to be the only racehorse in the world whose stomach starts from a kneeling position. <laughs> oh, don't expect to beat me with that old thing. He ain't old. Of course he ain't old. Just watch him go when I get in that saddle and say, Get up! Oh, Curly. Huh? Something I forgot to tell you. Owner told me when you want him to go, you don't say giddy up. What do I say? Just yell in his ear, To arms, to arms, the British are coming. <laughs> Got it. Okay, let's get the race started. All right, fellas, get on your horses. Very well, Franklin, I'm on mine. Well, Philip, don't, don't just stand there. Get on your horse. I am on my horse. <laughs> oh, Phil, pick up your legs. Your knees are dragging. <laughs> All right, fellas, get ready. When I say go, you stun. Steady now, boy. Steady, boy. We'll break fast and then take to the rail. Steady. On your mark. <laughs> Get set. Go! We're off. That's it, boy. Easy now. Easy now. We're gaining on him. Easy now, boy. Take it easy. You're only a, he's only a length ahead of us. Curly! Easy. Curly! What? Come back here and get your horse! <laughs> In the excitement, I forgot him. <laughs> I wondered why I was breathing so hard. <laughs> All right, hold a horse, Frankie. I'll get on him again. Where'll I pick him up? 
Oh, Phil, why don't you give up? William's way ahead of you. Now, look, I'm not giving up. This horse can run, and I'll beat him yet. Come on, boy. Come on, now. Hit it. Hit it. Had a boy. Oh, we broke nicely. That's it, boy. <laughs> easy now. Take it easy. Take it easy. Save yourself for that stretch. Oh, we're traveling at a nice, steady clip. Phil. Keep to the rail, baby. Keep to the rail. We'll catch up with Willie. Phil. Alice, stop walking alongside my horse. <laughs> Come on, boy. Come on, boy. Let's get going. In there. Now we're traveling, baby. Oh, we're gonna win this race yet. Oh, look at us, we're at the quarter pole already. Hiya, Curly, it's about time you showed up. I've been waiting for Don't you. Don't be funny. Where's Alice? She ran up ahead to brush some stones off the track. <laughs> well, I'm right here, Bill. Oh, honey, why don't you give it why up? Why should I? I'm doing all right. I'll beat that brother of yours if it's the last thing I... Hey, look, I am beating him. He's in back of me. In back of you? William's been around the track three times already, once without his horse. Oh, Phil, be sensible. There's no use in trying to finish this Well, race. I am going to finish it. I got confidence in this horse. Once he gets started, we'll show you what speed really is. Come on, baby, please, will you? Please. <laughs> Come on, baby. Just a little bit more, baby. Just a little bit more and we'll make it. Come on, Phil. Yeah, keep going, Curly. You're almost to the finish line. I am? Where is it? Right up here. Well, light another match so I can see it. Phil will be back in just a moment. There's no excuse for dandruff. Right. There's no excuse for dandruff. Almost everyone has dandruff at one time or another. But there's no excuse for dandruff. That's because it can be removed so easily and completely with Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Leading medical authorities say there are two kinds of dandruff. One is loose and flaky. It's the unsightly kind, the kind you can see. The other clings to the scalp. It's the invisible, irritating kind, the kind you can feel. If your present shampoo is doing only half the job, remember Fitch removes both kinds completely. Be free of unsightly dandruff. Be free of invisible, irritating dandruff. Yes, be free of all embarrassing dandruff with Fitch. Fitch is the only shampoo made that's guaranteed to remove dandruff with the first application. And the Fitch guarantee is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. Remember, there's no excuse for dandruff. So switch to Fitch at drug counters, barber, and beauty shops. Ask for Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo. Fitch is spelled... F-I-T-C-H. Folks, Alice and I would like to take this opportunity to congratulate the old professor, Kay Kaiser, on his 10th anniversary on NBC. He's done a great job and, well, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Many more years of continued success, Kay. Good night, everybody. Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was directed by Paul Phillips 
Alice Fay appears for the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. The part of Frankie was played by Elliot Lewis. Laugh a while, let a song be your style, you stitch Girls, for softer, shinier hair, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. It's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil for sparkling highlights. Try Fitch cream shampoo. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Thought I'd come out tonight and talk a little bit about Don Wilson since this uh, episode is going to be celebrating Don Wilson's 15th year in radio. Uh, Don is someone I was just thinking about that I don't uh, talk about too much in the podcast. He's just sort of, <laughs> I guess it's because, you know, uh, Kenny Baker leaves and uh, Dennis Day joins the cast, and Mary's uh, married to to Jack, and Rochester comes joining in, and his character changes uh, a little bit. Phil Harris' um, character morphs into becoming the Phil Harris character he later is. He also leaves the show um, before it's the end of the run, and he has his own show. So I tend to spend my time talking about all those folks. Don is just sort of there from what we see as the beginning of Jack Benny's show. Of course it's not. Of course it goes back further than that, and Don's not there. He joins the cast later on. But he joins so early. He's the first cast member of the... What should I call these folks? The... (laughs) the permanent cast or the ideal cast or whatever you want to call it, he's the first member to be put in place where Jack, you can just sort of tell, says, okay, I've got my announcer. He's my announcer. And the singers, Jack tries a bunch of different singers and things, but basically with Kenny, he knows what he's got. He's got a solid, and and when he replaces Kenny with Dennis, he's still got that solid uh, singer that brings so much to the show. And, uh, of course, Mary, he established early on, okay, she's a great addition to my show. And Phil, the band leader, is the perfect band leader. He tried a number of band leaders before that. And none of them ever had the connection that Phil Harris had. Uh, As far as announcers, he did have other announcers. And then when he got to Don, it's like, okay, this guy's perfect. Uh, Don, for his part... Of course, this is celebrating his 15th year in radio. Well, it's certainly not his 15th year with Jack. At this point, it's probably his fourth or fifth year with Jack. Um, but he had a number of uh, jobs before this in radio as announcers for all different shows. And he would continue to have jobs as an announcer for many, many different shows. In fact, I remember there's... I'm not sure if it's a joke or where I heard this, but... Basically, it was the fact that people were making a big deal in 1946 about Mel Blanc having his own show, about Dennis Day having his own show starting up, and about Phil Harris having his own show starting up. And no one made a big deal about Don, but Don at the time had, like, I want to say eight different shows going. 
Um, he was just all over the place. If you listen to old-time radio shows, you're probably going to end up hearing him. Uh, just because he, he does a little bit here and a little bit there. I, uh, I, th- I talked before about my hard drive going bad on one of my hard drives that had the Jack, most of my Jack Benny scripts on it. So I had to go kind of reassemble these. Um, I had someone ask for some of the scripts. And so I went, uh, I've been going to the tobacco sites, um, because they were forced by the government to keep all their records and so, and, and to make them publicly available. And so the scripts from the shows that were sponsored by the tobacco companies are available. Uh, you just have to know where to look to find them. Uh, anyway, as I was hunting through these, trying to recreate my Jack Benny script collection, I, a couple things happened that were interesting. One is I knew that there were some hidden scripts that are hard to find that are like mislabeled. And I think I found them all again. My favorite that I found is, is, uh, found a script, uh, a set of scripts called, uh, no title. And so just by the length of it, I thought, that looks like it could be scripts. So I opened it up and took a look inside, and there were the 1952, I can't remember which part of the season it was, but basically a third of the season uh, of scripts from the Jack Benny show in this folder called uh, No Title. So, of course, I, I've got that, but I'm wondering how many folks have actually found that, that are, I mean, I know a lot of the Jack Benny scripts are available because folks have found them off these tobacco sites and gotten them, but how many folks have actually discovered these hidden scripts that are mislabeled? Anyway, so I found that one, but then as I'm going through and looking through these scripts, through these uh, mislabeled shows, trying to find more Jack Benny shows, I find this scripts that mentions Frank and Dawn, and... Frank, it mentions something about his weight and his singing. And then Don mentions something about his weight. <laughs> and so I'm like, that sounds like it could be Frank um, Sinatra and Don Wilson. So I open it up and take a look. And surely enough, it's, it, it, there, it's the first script in their series together from the 1950s where uh, Frank's like thanks Jack Benny for lending him Don Wilson for his show, and they have a few jokes back and forth about Jack Benny between Don Wilson and Frank Sinatra. And I was thinking, boy, that's a show I'd like to look up and try and find the actual radio show that goes with that script. But um, I don't even remember the name of it off the top of my head. But if I can find that show or any other um, Don Wilson shows out there where we have Don Wilson uh, being a... uh, announcer for some other show, I'll try and share this with you when I can. Who knows, maybe after we're done with my Mr. Kitzel collection, we could have a Don Wilson Wednesday collection that I share of other shows that he was on. I mean, that could go on and on and on forever, I think, probably, but considering he was usually doing six to ten shows at the same time he was doing Jack's Jack's show, so there was a lot, a lot of Don Wilson going on. Anyway, enjoy Don Wilson today. Um, thanks for tuning in. J-E-L-L-O. The Jell-O program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens the program with Hooray for Hollywood from Hollywood Hotel.
Everybody knows the familiar expression, I'm from Missouri, you've got to show me. Well, if you're the kind of a person who likes to prove things for yourself, here's one swell way to prove how extra rich and extra good Jell-O is. Just make this simple test right in your own kitchen. First, open a package of Jell-O and smell the fruit-rich fragrance that rises from those powdery crystals. Then dissolve your Jell-O in hot water and enjoy again that delightful aroma of fresh, ripe fruit. More proof of Jell-O's extra-rich fruit flavor. And for the final proof, that's the best of all, taste Jell-O. Then you will know how good it is, for Jell-O has delicious, satisfying, extra-rich fruit flavor that makes every Jell-O dessert a winner every time. So don't accept any substitutes for Jell-O. Always insist on the real thing. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. Hooray for Hollywood, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Wait a minute, Don, wait a minute. This one's on me. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man who is today celebrating his 15th year in radio, my friend and your friend, Don Wilson. <laughs> well, take it, Don. Well, thank you, Jack. And hello again. This is Don Wilson talking. boy. Say, Jack, it's mighty sweet of you to give me that nice introduction. That's what I call a lovely, spontaneous gesture. Well, Don, I couldn't help it. I read in the paper yesterday that this is your 15th anniversary to be congratulated. <laughs> well, uh, why shouldn't I enjoy radio? You're such a swell fellow to work with. You're kind, considerate, lovable. Generous? No, lovable. <laughs> Well, even that's something. But tell me, Don, what was radio like 15 years ago? I mean, what were you doing then? Were you an announcer? Oh, no, no, Jack. I started out in radio as a singer. Oh, a singer? Huh? Oh, you should have heard me then. Yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir, I don't mean maybe. Hey, hey, that's my baby now. Chop! <laughs> oh, uh, a crooner, huh? <laughs> so you started out in radio as a singer. Yes, and then I thought I'd change to an announcer. You thought? <laughs> Listen, Don, Bing Crosby's horse has got a better voice than you have. Well, he's got a trainer. Oh, <laughs> that's right. You know, Don, I don't recall ever hearing you sing. What was your name in those days? Was it Don Wilson? Oh, no, Jack, I was part of a trio. We were known as the Three Melody Boys. Oh, you were part of a trio. Mm -hmm. Who was the other fellow? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> oh, Jack, you can kid me all you want to about my weight now, but back in 23, I was much thinner. In fact, I was positively sylph-like. Oh. Well, Don, a lot of food has gone over the dam since then. <laughs> You know, I can't picture you ever being slim. You have such a big waistline. Oh, I don't know, I don't know. My stomach isn't so large. It isn't? No. Well, just the same, I'd hate to have to knit you a girdle in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Phil. Hello, Jack. Congratulations, Don. Oh, thanks, old boy. <laughs> Say, Phil, that was quite a surprise to me. I didn't know that Don was in radio that long. Oh, sure. I remember Don way back in the old days when I used to be a drummer in an orchestra. 
Oh, yes, Phil, you were a drummer. Say, when did you give up the drums and become a leader? When I lost one stick. <laughs> well, you should have lost both. <laughs> you know, I can't understand with all the beautiful instruments in the world, like a violin, for instance, why anybody would take up drums. Why not? Now, there's no melody to a drum. Rat-a-tat-tat, boom-boom, crash-bang-clink. <laughs> the fine instrument sounds like Andy Devine eating celery in a boiler factory. <laughs> Well, your violin sounds like somebody giving a pig a hot foot. <laughs> Just the same, a violin is the king of instruments and a drum is nothing. Now, wait a minute, Jack. Did you ever see that famous painting called The Spirit of 76? Yes, once on a calendar. Well, what do you see in that picture? A flag, a fife, and a drum. You don't see a violin there. Well, for your information, Phil, the fellow carrying the flag is a violinist. <laughs> Where's the violin? His violin is in back of the flag. Then why isn't he playing it? Because he's behind in his union dues and shut up. <laughs> you know, Phil, someday you're going to argue me right into a new band leader. Hello, Jack. What are you mad about? Oh, it's Don's 15th anniversary. <laughs> I mean, Phil is quibbling with me again. <laughs> Say, Mary, aren't you going to congratulate Don? This is 15th year in radio. I know. Say, Don. Yes, Mary. As soon as I read in the paper that this was your 15th anniversary, I went right home and wrote a poem in your honor. Oh, it's mighty sweet of you, Mary. Well, here we go, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mind it tonight. Really, I don't. I think Don deserves a poem. Uh, what's the title of it, Mary? A Knickerbocker Hotel. <laughs> Knickerbocker Hotel? What's that got to do with Don? He owes them a month's rent. <laughs> oh. Well, go ahead with the poem, Mary. Look modest, Don. <coughs> <coughs> oh, Don Wilson, oh, Don Wilson, 15 years ago today, radio first swept the nation. Now you and it are here to stay. Well, so far, that's very ungoofy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You were born in the town of Denver, in the mountains called the Rockies. Also born there was Paul Whiteman, but neither of you would make good jockeys. <laughs> Say, you must have done a lot of research there. Oh, Don, was Paul Whiteman born in Denver, too? Yes, he was, Jack. Well, incidentally, Phil, Paul Whiteman plays a violin, not a drum. Who's Whiteman? Oh, quiet. <laughs> Go ahead with the poem, Mary. Right. Oh, Don Wilson, oh, Don Wilson, with your laugh and smile and chuckle, for 15 years you've been announcing, and for words you've never stuckle. Stuckle? Yeah, I got stuck. Oh. Go ahead, Mary, and good luck, old. <laughs> oh, Don Wilson, oh, Don Wilson, you're the nicest man alive. How we love your cheeks so rosy and your chin three, four, and five. <laughs> Mary, Don's only got two chins. Look under his collar. Oh. oh. Are you through, Mary? No, one more verse. Oh. Uh, we salute you, dear old Wilson. You're blushing now, but you'll get paler. Hmm. And we salute the stork who brought you, even though he used a trailer. <laughs> well, that 
Very good. Wasn't that sweet, Don? Oh, yes, it was. Thanks, Mary. I'm overwhelmed. Well, say, I've got another idea. Phil, how about playing something now that was popular back in 1923 when Don made his debut in radio? I got one already, Jack, and I dedicate it to good old Wilson. Then hit it. Gee, I feel 15 years younger already. <laughs> you in the taxi, honey. You better be ready about half past eight. Now, honey, don't be late. We want to be there when the band starts swinging. Remember when we get there, honey. The two steps, I'm gonna have them all. I'm gonna dance down both my shoes as they rag the down-home blues. Tomorrow night at the Darktown Strutter's Ball. Yes, it's gonna be a gala affair. Everybody's gonna be there. Alexander's gonna play the music. Come in, Alex. Darktown Strutter's Ball and Alexander's Ragtime Band, played by the orchestra with a surprise vocal by a reformed drummer. <laughs> you know, Phil, for a guy that stays up all night like you do, your voice has a remarkably fresh quality. I don't stay up all night. You don't, eh? Why, that looked like an ad for ye goody donut shop. <laughs> How's that, folks, huh? <laughs> you should talk. The bags under your eyes are so low it looks like your pants need pressing. <laughs> Now, listen, Phil, and let this sink in. I could stay up all night and on my way home get hit by a taxi cab and still look better than you do. Not if I was driving the cab. <laughs> well, you should be driving a cab. You're yellow. Hey, that's a sizzler! <laughs> oh, that's a honey, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, one more crack like that and you'll be looking at the world through rose-colored beefsteak. <laughs> oh, I will, eh? Now, huh? oh, boys, boys, please... After all, this is my anniversary. Oh, that's right, Don. I'm sorry. This is one day we should act like gentlemen. Well, I'm in favor of it. Okay, come on over here, Phil. Come on over and shake hands. Put her there, Jack. Ow! He whiz. I mean, you, you didn't have to break my hand. That's just a sample. See, my hands are wrecked. Now I won't be able to tear that telephone book in two at the party tonight. 
Oh, well. I can still recite my parody on Gunga Din. That always goes over, you know. Gee, you love to show off when you're invited out, don't you, Jack? Well, people expect me to be funny. After all, I'm a comedian. Tell them what happened when you went to Carol Lombard's party the other night. Now, don't start that. Oh, it wasn't, Mary. <laughs> well... <laughs> oh, cut it out now. No. Come on, tell us, Mary. Well, <laughs> Carol invited us over to her house the other night, and Jack thought he'd hand everybody a big laugh right away. <laughs> oh, is that so? <laughs> so when we got there, he rang the bell. Then he stood on his head and started to bark like a dog. Well, what of it? <laughs> and when they answered the door, was he embarrassed? <laughs> Why? It was the wrong house. <laughs> well, what's so funny about it? The man invited me in, didn't he? No wonder it was a sanitarium. <laughs> Just the same, when I got to Carol's house, I was the life of the party, wasn't I? How about when I slid down the banister? I suppose they didn't laugh at that. They wouldn't if that nail hadn't been there. <laughs> yeah, well, let me tell you something, Mary Livingston. You're nothing but a little tattletale. Jack, Jack, please remember, <laughs> this is my anniversary. Oh, of course, Don, I'm sorry. Um, oh, hello, Kenny. It's about time you came in. Oh, I've been here all the time. I was over in the corner talking to myself. Oh, you were? Was it an interesting conversation? Not very. You know me. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Say, Jack, I've got something on my mind, and I wonder if I can ask you about it. Sure. What is it, Kenny? Said he, laying himself open to anything. <laughs> what is it? Well, my love life has gone haywire again. Oh, the same old trouble, huh? Yeah. My girl and her boyfriend are going to get married, and I'm plenty burned up. Why, Kenny, you told me yourself that she liked the other fella. Why should you be upset? They want me to buy the ring. <laughs> Well, that's what I call a lot of nerves. So they're going to get married, eh? Who's going to be the best man? I don't know. I'm going to be the flower girl. <laughs> well, Kenny, if you buy that ring, you ought to have your head examined. That girl is the most ungrateful gold digger I've ever heard of. Now, wait a minute. That's almost my wife you're talking about. Well, you're just crazy, that's all. What are you defending them for? Oh, I don't know. They're a nice couple. Yeah. Right after they're married, they're going on an automobile trip, and they invited me to go along. That's fine. Why should they invite you to go along on their honeymoon? It's my car. <laughs> oh, well, that explains everything. Your girl, your ring, your car. If they move in with Kenny's folks, I'll scream. <laughs> Quiet, Mary. You'll throw them a thought. Well, Kenny, now that you've asked my advice about something which you won't take, how about doing your song? Okay. Of all the silly, stupid, idiotic kids I've ever known, I... Now, Jack, Jack, please remember, this is my anniversary. Oh, you and your old anniversary. I'm sorry I started it. Sing, Kenny. Anniversary, anniversary. Rosita met young Manuelo He held her like this, this lovely miss Then stole a kiss, this fellow He said he was glad he'd met her And soon he would come and get her But she said, no, no, I cannot go Until I know you better Tippy-tippy-tin, tippy-tin, tippy-tippy-ton, tippy-ton. He kept on a-stealing, and he had a feeling she was satisfied. Tippy-tippy-tin, tippy-tin, tippy-tippy-ton, tippy-ton. She was saying go, so, so he held her closer, that's how he complied. Ah, 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 ah. 
the moon grows more mellow And it's the same with the Manuelo For under its spell he comes to tell His love so well, this fellow She does her best to resist him She won't let him know she's missed him But under the charm of his strong arm It seems no harm to kiss him Tippy-tippy-tin, tippy-tin Tippy-tippy-tan, tippy-tan He kept on a-stealing and he had a feeling she was satisfied Tippy-tippy-tin, tippy-tin Tippy-tippy-tan, tippy-tan He will always do so cause she has a trousseau and he has a bride Tippy-tin Thank you. That was Tippy Tin, sung by Kenny Baker. Say, I never heard that before. That's a new one, isn't it, Kenny? Yeah, it's a little Spanish number I picked up. Has she got a friend, Kenny? Shoo, Phil. <laughs> he, uh, no, really, Kenny, it was very cute. Huh? Oh, say, say, Jack, Jack, I just, just thought of something. What is it, is it, Don? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little nervous. You know, this is my big day, and I've gone all through the program without mentioning our product once. Do you mind if I do it now? Now, wait, Don, this is your holiday. And as a special treat for you, I hired another announcer to do the plug. And I'm paying for it out of my own pocket. Oh, Jack, you shouldn't have gone to all that expense. Oh, it wasn't much. We know that, Sporty. Quiet. <laughs> oh, Jack, uh, why don't you let me do it? You know, I get a big kick out of it. No, Don, the arrangements are made. Now, here's your substitute right here. Are you ready, Mr., uh, Mr., uh... Mr. Fire and Forces, Standard and Wrestling Forces, Mr. Watt, I, I didn't get that. Mr. Fire and Forces, Wrestling Honey, I still don't get... What's your first name? Fire and Oh, oh, well... <laughs> go right ahead, Jerry. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... Whenever you're thinking of buying cedar forest base and you find where it's a can forest base, don't bother with the flavor. See, just flavor base some forest area. Anyway. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> you see, Jack, you see? I better handle this. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever you're thinking of an economical dessert, why not try Jell-O? It is tempting, inexpensive, and comes in six delicious flavors. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Yeah, I'm awfully sorry, Don. My plan didn't work out. Hey, buddy, are you sure that you're the fellow I hired? Well, last Friday night, the Tory come up and said, Benny Foster, me. I didn't know it. It's a big difference to me and Foster, see? But it's just I see, your uncle couldn't come. I see. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Oh, that's all right. We didn't have a rate, Benny. Yes, that's all right. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. Next time I hire anybody, I'm going to try him out to sell it. To push... <laughs> I'm sorry, Don. Oh, that's all right, Jack. You meant well. You bet I meant well. And now, Don, let me tell you the real big surprise I've planned for you. Gee whiz, I've had so much already. Well, you heard Phil dedicate a number to you, and Mary wrote a poem in your honor. So now it's my turn. Here comes the showboat. Mary, see. <laughs> now, Don, as I announced last week, tonight, for a violin solo, I'm going to play Thanks for the Memory. Written by Leo Robin and Ralph Ranger, the same boys who wrote Love and Bloom. Bless them. And Don, I don't know of a more fitting occasion or a finer person to dedicate this number to than you. Thank you. Thank you, highbrows. Oh, Phil, uh, let me have a violin, will you? Okay. Hey, miss you. 
Let Mr. Benny have your violin. No, it's Yasha's turn. Give him yours, Yasha. No, Misha, give him yours. Misha, Yasha, give me Herman's, anybody. <laughs> Here you are, Jack. Thanks. Gee, you think I was going to ruin the violin. I only want it for a few minutes. That's all it takes. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to break it. Gee, it's a little out of tune. Uh, give me A, fellas. I said, hey, I'm not going to the post. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, in honor of Don Wilson's 15th radio birthday, I will play a song that will soon be sweeping the nation. Thanks for the memory. Hit it, Phil. Okay. Wait a minute. See who that is, Mary. Oh, uh, Jack, it's Leo Robin and Ralph Ranger. Oh, Leo and Ralph. Hello, fellas. Hello, Hello Jack. Jack. Well, boys, you couldn't have picked a better time to drop in. I was just about to play your new song, Thanks for the Memory. Yeah, we heard you announce it last week. And we thought we'd come over. Oh, that's nice. That's awfully nice. Say, Jack, yeah. we'd like to talk to you for a minute. Do you mind? No, no, no. What is it, fellas? If it's okay with you, we'd like to talk to you alone. Oh, certainly, certainly. Mary, do you mind stepping out for a minute? You too, Kenny and Don. Okay, okay. Yeah. sir, but take care. You want me to go too, Jack? No, you stay here, Phil. After all, there are two of them. <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, Jack, I, uh, uh, really, I don't know how to start Let this. Let me handle this, Ralph. My goodness, what's all this fuss about? And... You, you know, Jack, we wrote thanks for the memory just a short time ago. Uh -huh. It's fairly well known now, but it hasn't reached the peak of its popularity yet. Well, if there's anything I can do, boys, you know, I'll... Th that song means more to us than anything we've ever written. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. And we wouldn't want anything to happen that would stunt its growth. <laughs> stunt its growth? Well, I'm not going to smoke when I play it, <laughs> Now, come on, just what are you driving at? Well, uh... Well, what? Come on, get down to brass tacks. All right. How much do you want not to play Thanks for the Memory? <laughs> what? We'll give you $200. Oh, trying to offer me money, eh? Do you boys remember what I did for your other song, Love and Bloom? Yeah, I wish we had money then. <laughs> so you offer me $200, eh? Well, boys, all I can say is you've placed a fellow musician in a pretty embarrassing position. Will you take 250? Don't tempt me! <laughs> now listen, boys, tonight I'm going to play Thanks for the Memory. And you're going to stay right here and listen to it. And when I finish, your song will reach heights beyond your wildest dreams. 300! Nothing doing, fellas. <laughs> Come on in, everybody. Now, quiet, I don't want any disturbance. Announce me, Don. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jack Benny will play his own arrangement of Robin and Ranger's latest song success, Thanks for the Memory.
and a trip to Catalina. <laughs> I've been to Catalina. Isn't that beautiful, folks? How can such rats write such sweet music? <laughs> ah, what a song. I'll bet they don't even like it in Waukegan. They do, too. <laughs> All right, boys, hit it. Give it everything, fellas. Thanks for the memory from the big broadcast of 1938. Well, boys, did you hear that applause? Now what have you got to say? Congratulations, Jack. You did a great job. Thanks, Jack, old boy. That was a very pleasant surprise. And you were trying to buy me off. Aren't you ashamed of yourselves? You should have taken the money, Jack. I'll get them on their next song. Play, Phil. <laughs> Do your wintertime menus need more variety? Well, here's a swell new dish. It's one of the most delicious and attractive salads you ever made in your life. And it's made with clear, shimmering lemon jello and canned fruit salad. And it's done quickly and easily without one bit of trouble. Dissolve one package of lemon jello in hot water and chill until slightly thickened. Then fold in one can of mixed fruit salad cut into small pieces. Chill until firm and serve on crisp green lettuce garnished with real creamy mayonnaise. That makes just the grandest, most refreshing fruit salad. Lovely, pale golden lemon jello with its fruit-rich goodness and pineapple, cherries, apricots, grapes inside that shimmering golden mold. Just be sure to make your jellied fruit salad with genuine jello because only jello brings you that delicious extra-rich fruit flavor. So get a preview of spring with this grand new salad. Order some lemon jello tomorrow.
the last number of the 23rd program in the new Jell-O series. And we're with you again next Sunday night at the same time. Well, Leo and Ralph, thanks very much for coming up here, and I hope that my humble effort has given thanks for the memory a little jolt. We think it did. Oh. So long, Jack. So long, boys, and thanks. Well, Mary, now that it's all over, give me an honest opinion. How was my solo tonight? It sounded like Reuben off in your violin. Well, it's not bad, believe me. Good night, folks. Penny Baker appears on the Jell-O program through courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. This is the National Broadcasting Company.